0: Sarah with a full mouth. <laughs> no, I'm good. Could you call roll, please?
1: Uh, Steve Warren Key. Brian, no, no. no. Yeah. Brian Kelly.
0: Present.
2: Andrew Benjamin. Here. Trevor Chire. Here. John Merrill.
3: Here. Bill oh, my God. Here.
2: Carl Kohler. Here. Uh, gotcha.
3: Here.
2: Roberta Marshall.
4: Here.
5: Here. Present. Present.
4: Fred Fred Yeager.
0: Here. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. Um... Second item on the agenda is public comment, which we will do away with this evening. Next is approval of minutes. Nobody got any minutes in their packet, so
6: there's no minutes to approve.
7: I, I got minutes.
2: On, they were online. I did. Oh, I
6: didn't get any. I didn't get any. But
8: they—they were paper copies in packets.
4: You know what? I don't know.
8: I will put up some next time to, to table an table and see. Sure.
4: Sure.
0: We get a motion to table the uh, minutes for so Raymond Fourth. Brian, on the first, I'll second. Those in favor say yes. 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 Those opposed say no. <clears throat> Chair votes yes.
9: That's how you do
0: it. Next item on the agenda is Middle Creek Guest Ranch for an amendment to a special use permit for uses and to expand the permit boundary. Melinda, do you have a presentation? one.
4: Good evening. My name is Melinda Sherman. I represent Middle Creek Ranch, LLLP. Middle Creek Ranch is a working cattle, buffalo, and hay ranch. In November of 2016 a special use permit was issued for Middle Creek Ranch to operate a guest ranch with specific uses. This application seeks to amend the previous the previous permit by increasing the number of guests permitted from 8 to 20 and limiting the paying guest use to a max of 8 weeks a year by adding archery, ATV tours, snowmobile snowmobile tours, and swimming to the approved uses by adding the Trial Creek parcel to the permit and by increasing the land area covered by the um, special use permit from 9,000 acres to 10,000 acres. Um, I, I wanted to clarify, and Chris and I had spoke about this earlier, um, in the packet, I want to just make it clear that the ATV tours and the snowmobile tours will be limited to the portion of the ranch south of County Road 27 but the uses under the old permit will continue on the property as previously approved and I didn't know if that was clear in the packet the requested uses will not expand the activities that have been occurring on the ranch by the owners and non-paying guests for about 20 years. And um, the application complies with the Rao County Master Plan, the sub-area plans, and the zoning resolution, and we hope that you find that as well. If you have any questions, I'll be happy to answer them.
0: Any questions, Jeff? Yes.
4: Uh, just eight weeks. So eight weeks.
7: Four in the summer and then four in the winter.
4: I don't know if it's limited to certain times of the year.
7: Do you anticipate that the petitioner is going to come back and see additional weeks after the certification?
4: I don't anticipate that, but I don't know. But it's a family. The, the family goes there as well.
0: Okay. Any other questions for the petitioner? Chris?
1: Just like Melinda said, the clarification um, where the tours are taking place, because I agree with you that wasn't explained very well on the second page of the report. So just to know that the ATB tours and some of the tours are going to be on that south side, and which which if you go on to page nine of the staff report with conditions, if you place that into conditions, so but for some weird reason, I believe it was because it's the person of twice under K&L, so that that needs to be pulled out. I, mean, I don't know why I did that. But it's in there. Um, we haven't received any comments that was like, in your packet of information of few letters, And I did speak with the Division of Wildlife and they wanted the to remain, the which they are in the packet of information and then to add the one thing and place in the letter. and was placed also in the conditions under bold. So what we did to help clarify the conditions is that um, everything that was previously uh, in the permit was just a regular typeface, base, and then the revised conditions in bold, and then anything that was deleted was in the strikeout. So um, just as you're going through, if you decide to, your decision as we go through the conditions that you just uh, there's a, a need to remove and one of them was that it was eight um, that the limit of people was eight and we're, we're changing that to 20 and that's condition number 15 and that's the only strikeout in all of those conditions um, other than that we <coughs> went out to visited the site and they had buffalo wandering all over and they had their horses. And it, it, it's a really unique area, and I'm sure from their guests come, they have a uh, good experience out there. And it's also very large, it's not like a regular guest ranch is run. You know, really eight weeks out of the year. That's all we do.
0: Thank you. Any questions for staff? <coughs> Jeff?
7: I'm not a hunter, so I'm not terribly familiar with uh, wildlife migration. One of the conditions, twenty-two in particular, uh, indicates that snowmobiles should avoid the areas where elk are present. <clears throat> Is it uh, commonplace for wildlife to migrate through the same corridor all the time? I mean, that's why we have wildlife corridors, right?
8: Right.
1: And obviously, they're not programmed. So you never know where an elk or a deer or a moose is, is going to show up. The main thing is that they just wanted to make sure that if there's snowmobiling and elk are in the area, that they stop and let them go by or move out of the way and, and not disturb the wildlife. And that was the same thing with number 27 elk and deer having to mining areas during that kind of time. And the Division of Wildlife definitely works with property owners uh, to let them know if there are certain areas that are mapped for that. And it's, it's usually one of the general conditions that they, they add if they know that there has been wildlife happening in the area.
7: Uh, <coughs> related, what is the verb to lek? Lekking? Is that like a oh, breeding lecking, ground for grass?
1: Yeah, lekking is, um, what when they're lekking, they're actually doing their uh, mating um, dances it, it's pretty amazing you pull it up online to watch um, them dancing and attracting their mates during that time um, and that's the Sharptail and this uh, greater sage grouse, so do that and then they move off into those areas also and that's usually where they raise their young in the uh, sage marsh.
7: Thank you That's all Mr. Chair Thank you
4: I have one more question. Um, and I think we're Chris and I are on the same page, and I want to just make sure um, that you read it the same way. That um, there are six employees on the ranch, and there's two to four seasonal employees, and then when they have paying guests, they might hire more employees to come in and help. Linda, I
5: had a question for you while you're up there. Sure. If I look on page 12 of 34 under the descriptions of the different uh, cabins and lodges, it seems that there's a potential to occupy 24 people, but we're only occupying 20? Yes. And that's intentional?
4: Yes. Okay.
0: I had a question too while you're there. Okay. Um, I think I I know the answer, but as I understand it, it's twenty guests eight times a year. It's not twenty guests spread over eight weeks. It's twenty guests eight times a year.
4: The way I understand it is up to twenty guests up to eight, eight times a year, yeah. and they're booked as a group. So what they would bring in
1: is maybe a, an entire family wants to rent the ranch. They would all come as a group. They would spend that five days, seven days, whatever they grouped it for, and then they would be gone. They're not grouping individuals like you would on the Internet, that these two couples stay in this <coughs> one, and then somebody who doesn't even know somebody else is staying in a different cabin. That's not how they're running this operation. It's a group, um, a group booking.
4: I would have to book, if I wanted to go, I would have to book the whole place for a week. I wouldn't be able to just call and say a room for one.
0: Okay.
4: That's my understanding. That was my understanding. Other questions?
0: Chris, you got anything?
1: I have nothing else.
0: Discussion. I don't that we need to go around table. Is there any questions panel commission or discussion items? Chair's ready for a motion.
7: Move to approve activity PL 18205, amending the special use, use permit labeled PL 16 28, with findings of fact numbers one. Uh, And then conditions, general conditions 1 through 13 as written, 14 as written, 15 amended to read 20 guests uh, and 8 weeks per year, 16 through 32 as written.
0: Mm -hmm. Jeff, did you want to amend number two?
7: Um, Yes, as written, to include archery, ATV tours, snowmobile. But
0: there was a duplication. K and L duplicate G and H. Correct, Chris? Correct. Um, We would like to have
1: K and L removed.
0: Delete delete K and L. Very good. Is that your motion? That's my motion. Is there a second? I'll second that one. Bill got second. Discussion. Does in favor of the motion say yes? Yes. 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 Those opposed say no. Chair, votes yes. Thank you, Melinda. Sure, we'll see you next month. (laughs) (laughs) Next item on the agenda is the gravel matrix and gravel pit evaluation guideline document. Mr. Phillips,
8: Thank you. you guys have a fun time reading through all that.
4: <laughs>
8: <laughs> well, you know, back in the early two thousands, gravel pits were a pretty big deal around here, and um, I think there was a lot of political pressure, a lot of fear about you know gravel pits, you know, in our scenic areas, you know, mainly close to Steamboat. Uh, Steamboat springs actually had done a community survey in the early 2000s and i remember it was number one or somewhere in the top three you know um, you know most pressing issues was the preservation of the south valley floor which just so happens to be one of the best supplies of gravel is to serve Steamboat springs um, there were a large number of pits at that time you know, on the, the last page of the matrix you know most of those are, are listed There's only a couple of new ones that have come in since then. Um, and the way that the permitting process works is that if you've got to grab a gravel mine, it isn't light of It's got to come back in every 10 years for renewal. And some of these pits on, on this list are pretty old, but just as it turns out, the 10 year cycles were all coming due about at the same time. So, within, what, two or three year period or so, the Planning Commission for saw renewals for most of these pits and um, applications for new ones. Uh, there were a couple of these pits, uh, maybe half a dozen of these that were um, probably getting pretty close to the of, of their reserves, and so again, some fear of the community as far as, you know, where are these new ones going to be put? Um, on that list on the back page, there's a Lafarge River Valley. You know, that one was proposed to be a, a pretty big pit, South Valley floor, and yeah, it really stirred up a lot of emotion in the community. And as the matrix says, you know, as part of the background and history, the, the county got a lot of comments like, isn't there already enough gravel? And, you know, so really not being able to answer that and looking at this list of gravel pits and the community pressure that was put on the board and, I remember that, that got to thinking there's got to be a better way to to process especially that number you know because each time any of these came through unless it was you know way out of the stick somewhere this room was full of people you know those, those were you know typically the, the most controversial and emotional meanings that we had you know 15 years ago were grappled with so the matrix was developed as, as an evaluation tool, you know, in response to the, the community concern. Uh, initially, you know, I, I think it was viewed as being helpful, you know, and maybe achieving some of its goals. Um, you know, you can tell by looking down, you know, that list of, of issues and, and sub issues on that back page: visual reclamation. Um, Error, water quality, traffic, land use, wildlife, you know, those are a lot of things that we deal with for most applications anyway. And, and what the gravel matrix did, you know, as described on page two and three, you know, the following gravel pit evaluation guidelines are the committee's attempt to establish a level playing field where all existing or proposed gravel pits are evaluated with the same objective criteria. You know, and Page three goes on to talk about you know, identifying significant impacts and ways to you know ob- objectively measure them. So the, the matrix was created. Um, it wasn't one of my cases, but talking to the two planners that were involved with his creations, I mean those meetings where the matrix committee got together were very difficult. And but, so it was quite an achievement to come up with something that they I don't know, all agreed on, I guess you could say that. Um, after it was finished, uh, the director of the planning department, Karen Fox, she submitted the to the in Colorado. We actually won a planning award for this document. And John Eastman, who was the senior planner, he didn't even go to the conference to accept the award. And I'm like, John, you know, why don't you go up there and accept your word? He's like, I don't like the majors. Says, it's not going to work. Says, well, what are you talking about? And he said that it's, it's too difficult, you know, timely and costly to maintain, and it's too subjective. And so, and sure, I mean, I don't think he ever mentioned that to anybody outside of staff, but after it, it was used a couple times, especially after it got to be a couple years old, you know, I think that, well, I, I started to understand what John was talking about, and I think Karen Fox did as well. You know, on page 3, 2.3, it, it talks about annual monitoring reports. And then the part of using the, of the pit evaluation guidelines it will be an annual review of all active about and route This evaluation will provide the necessary frame of reference or benchmark for new applications. And that, that's what John was talking about, is that maintenance because you know, unlike what we what we do now, what we did back then. Is you know, many times you guys heard me say, "Is this land use appropriate on this site?" You know, a big part of the scrap with majors was to compare pits against other pits. You know, compare applications against existing pits, and it, and so in order to do that, you had to provide the majors. You had to do the annual review of those pits as the basis of comparison because some of those criteria at all, but some of those criteria could change, you know, with, with the age of the pits or, or how things were developing around the pits. Um, as far as, you know, some of those subjective measures, you know, I don't remember anything specific from John, but when I was flipping through here, you know, I could see some of that, you know, that there's a map. Yeah, where is it? On page 17, that's called. Uh, storm example, tell you that uh, 23 residences share the main hall route, and there's a shaded area that they counted those um, residences within. But that line on the the right side, the east side, is subjective. I think it was probably a guess that anybody to the east of that. Would go out 33 and over the Jane Brown Bridge, and everybody within that gray area would probably go out 33 and out to US 40. You know, so things like that. Um, And and also, I mean, looking at this, that this criteria applies to the roads that are off of highways and County Road 129. So, what if there's actually a pit up on 129? So, if you lived on 129, it, it wouldn't have been part of this evaluation because you weren't on the road that was off of twenty nine one twenty nine. So you know it's it with all this information they really tried to be inclusive, but you know there there are a lot of things in here that, that are. Separate. So you know I, I think that That it was seen after it was put into use a couple times that it it kind of fell short of fulfilling its expectations, and um, you know, just thinking about it over the years, could can we change it? You know, can can we do something to this? You know, to try and you know at, at least make it so it's not so it doesn't so the maintenance isn't involved. You know, if we still look at things like is this land use objective on this site, instead of comparing it to other gravel permits, you know, can we can we modify it with that in mind? So it's not a comparison to other pits; it's just an evaluation tool for the one that we see. You know, maybe. Um, and you know, also that if you have application in front of you it's front of your commission. and you've got your staff reports, and you've got staff comments and discussion on compliance with the master plan staff comments and and you know public comments about compliance with the regulations and then this document comes along is it going to add anything new because you got to admit, each one of these topics except for cumulative impacts you know it looks pretty familiar um, so it's having a numerical value set for, to each one of those criteria worth the upkeep it takes to, you know, to keep this line um, I don't know um, you know so it was 2011 maybe right around there sometime that we had a pit come through or something came up based on gravel and I remember Commissioner Stohoviak Saying what happened to the gravel matrix? I think we actually, pro- maybe I think we processed an application without it, and it, it's, you know, and so I had to schedule a, a different item with the board to explain a lot of the same stuff I'm talking about today on why it's just not. Working. And they and they agreed, and I said okay, they don't use it anymore. So um, I guess I can answer any questions that you might have about it. You know, it's. If, if it's something that we think could be dusted off and reformatted or whatever so it's something that you guys can use um, yeah we staff can look into that you know because I, I don't know what the scope would be and how much time it would take to change it but but I think there are problems comparing it to other permits so maybe if it was streamlined it might be a little it might be useful you know, I don't know. but anyway's I'd open it up to
9: Thank you. John. <clears throat> the last two entries on the matrix, the last page, or county pits. There used to be a county pit in West Route. Is it one of those six that are listed? Um, it's... What page are you on? I don't
8: remember
9: if it was renamed, but it's, it's the... Uh, <coughs> About two years ago, there was a... Consolidation that may have made the county pit disappear. Well, the
8: the county's got one out there, and it may be if it's not the one that's called the Funk pit on here, it's the one that was right next to that because there there was a uh, pit that Tony Connell operated that was depleted, and then they built another one right next door to it that would have come through, you know, five years ago or so. And this is the one that's immediately east of that, and I. I don't
9: know if it's still called the phone pit, but that's, that's the West route, the county pit. Well, there was a an extension of a pit, I'm, think, I'm just guessing, two years ago, through us, that extended from one pit to the road on the east that goes to the airport, which I think is 51. Mm-hmm. Right. But as far as you know, there's no working... County,
8: pit and West Route? Yeah. Um, the two that are next to each other on that West Route region, the Funk and the Connell Camileti, that, that ex- extension, expansion that, that you just referred to, that's the Connell Camaletti phase two, if you will. Okay. And then next door to that, the Funk pit, if I remember correctly, that is the county's pit. So there are two that are right next to each other. One that's being reclaimed.
7: Two that are active, and they all study each other. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Two questions. Uh, number one, do we have any um, reapplications or new grant applications coming up? No. And this was talked about in 2011, and the commissioners at that time agreed that this was not a good document. Why are we discussing it eight years later?
8: Because uh, it didn't come up.
7: Why didn't they get rid of it then, I guess is my question. Well, we did. I mean, we
8: haven't used it since. You know, and, and so it's something... It's been it, collecting it, dust. Yeah, you know, something had
7: come up, and, and we're just
8: talking Warn, about... And
0: Warnke and myself brought up the issue, and so Chad dug it up and presented it tonight.
7: Because yeah. you think it's a good document.
0: I think it's a great document.
7: Yeah, you know, so think about
0: resuscitating it? Well, I mean, I appreciate everything Chad was talking about, but the one thing if there were a new application today and you get your staff report and the comments and the compliance with this and the compliance with that, I don't think it takes into account then the public's response. So you're sitting here for two hours reviewing this gravel pit and the public will be throwing all kinds of issues out. And in that regard, I think this brings at least more condensed version of those issues that, I mean, I haven't seen a travel application either since back then, but, um, as you know, the the master plan and, and items like that are more subjective, I think, than some of the sections in this matrix. And I don't know, I mean, I feel like I'm going roundtable now, but at worst case, I think that it could be used as a reference. Whether it's part of the report or not, you know, is maybe a different question. In other words, does staff need to spend time creating the packet, of course, that would be the public review and the public, I guess it would have to be the packet, but what I'm trying to say is it just sort of condenses those items into more of a format that, as you go through your applic- the application before the hearing, you you know what hot buttons to look for and where you're headed with that review.
7: Two follows to that. The first is... <clears throat> having not compared the two documents side by side as the language uh, in the matrix, if not identical, at least in line with what the master plan says? Like, if if an evaluation is being done on this in terms of intensity of use and visual impacts and environmental impacts and so on and so forth, uh, the criteria you find in here would mirror the master plan I would say, yeah, except for cumulative impact.
0: Okay. Well, and let me jump in. It gives you a reference because you're comparing this pit to that pit to that pit. It, I mean, the way it was used historically. So you could look at an operating pit, and then the one that was presented as an application in front of you, and say, well, this thing's got... 15 years more life left in it based upon this rate of usage. Why do we need another one? If the existing with the same impacts has 15 years? It would seem to me
7: that even without regard to doing an annual review on the other pits, that this matrix would still have some some value right i mean one complaint i heard from staff was you know the the upkeep of having to go do a review on every single one is is crazy but it would also seem that staff would look at other pits and say well this application came through and this one only has four years that then, it, then it's used up this seemed useful to me when i was reading I, I was looking at it in a vacuum, there wasn't anything presented as to why we were looking at it. <clears throat> but I was like, yeah, you know, I can go through and score them, and if everybody else did the same thing, then if we all ended up in a similar spot, that's pretty compelling when it comes to rounding. If not, if we're divergent in areas, then that's a ripe area for discussion. But if maintenance is the issue, not knowing anything about gravel pits, having never analyzed or reviewed one, it would seem we wouldn't need to do the annual but we could keep this and use it as a scorecard for things that came through.
0: And, and I, I kinda think that's where I'm headed too after to listening to the chat and the you know the I'm not sure if these things only come up once every ten years. But then at the end of the ten year cycle you may have a half a dozen of them you're reviewing in six months.
7: And then you're hearing-
0: the 6 to the 6. Peter, what's your reaction?
10: Well, I mean, I I think it's useful. I think from a measurement point of view, I think it's kind of over-engineered. I mean, I I, I think when you've got categories like how many residences, you know, share the road, or you don't need 11 points on that. I mean, who's going to go out and count all those? I think we could have fewer categories. I guess the other thing is... Um, when you get to the last page, how do you how do you if you're comparing how do you compare the categories? I mean, do you take an average overall? Do you take the overall score? Yeah, and I, I think
8: it's a great question, Peter, because without the numbers, I mean, you guys do that when you evaluate any application, and it seems like some of the good conversations that the Planning Commission has evolves around how you weight different policies in the master plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has got, got to comply with the regulations, so there's those master plan policy discussions. And, you know, I think each one of you have your your roadblocks when it comes to applications, you know. And so what if the overall score was actually pretty good, but it was in uh, critical wildlife habitat?
10: Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. I mean, what, what if all of your bad points came from the wildlife thing yeah. so basically the overall score it looks pretty good compared to other gravel pits but there's one
0: category that's an F yeah. you know what what do you do with that well that's that's why you review that petition and if you are concerned about it I would assume that you would not be in favor of that application mm-hmm. right
3: um, I, I like uh, it's been a number of years since I looked at this but I was somewhat involved just with some of the gravel companies in the early 2000s when some of these applications were coming in. And looking at one of the reasons you look at the residences and the roads is we've got main county roads that you start putting heavy gravel trucks on them. They crush the bridges. Uh, You know, I'm thinking of King Mountain. Yep. Yeah, right there with those two little bridges. Yep. Yep. And so you got to look at that. I do think the matrix like you were saying, some of it needs to be weighed a little more. I think some of these items in the matrix can be eliminated. And then the ones that remain, even if you add a few, I think you need to weigh the criteria. Some things are worth more than others. I don't think these are all equal. Um, But I was, having not read this in 15 years, I looked at it and went, there's something to this. And for what it's worth, I've... That may maybe way too much of my adult life in and around gravel pits.
5: So you go. I'll agree with what's been said previously. Um I do think it's a good tool. I acknowledge that it has won awards and people have seen value in it. I'd like to see it somehow incorporated in it again, but at the same time I don't know, I've seen five, six fits my time here and we seem to work out all the details as we go through the process and that quite possibly is because of the work that was put in here ended up showing up down the road so um, I'll entertain whatever direction that this goes in what
9: do you think John Um, two things one I I think it's potentially a useful document I do hope that when, uh, next time we have a gravel pit application or petition, that we get a little tutorial on how to use this from people that have used it. Secondly, as a point of interest, but which may affect county roads and bridges the way hauling of gravel can do, um, I assume that the planning for the west of town development is through the steamboat city planning department. But does anyone know where the gravel for those three stages of development is gonna come from? Will it be for something that would affect county roads, bridges, dust, etc? Quick answer is the cheapest bit. Cheap fit is what?
0: The cheapest she <laughs> was supplier of cheapest pit. It could come from. know would the base of in every truck go right down there? Like...
8: Yeah, it, but it could be you know the, the whole so on the west side.
3: Depends on the type of material, too. You know, <laughs> the right might need for what Yeah, you're because building. it's not
8: all the same product coming yeah. out of each pit.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Limestone out there may though.
8: Yeah. So, depends. Sorry, I sound like the attorney. Depends. <laughs>
7: Right, Jeff. That's
0: why we get paid big bucks. <laughs> you good? Like
11: one step shy of weatherman. You good? Yeah. Phil, <laughs> <So, laughs> and that. <was> <laughs> hey, uh, good one. I remember the, uh, the gravel pits before the Matrix, or as it was coming into play. Some of those meetings were just long and drawn out. We were listening to rooms full of people. And then after the matrix came in, they started saying, "Well, we can compare and look at what all the other ones have done, and this is what we have to live up to." Uh, there was a lot of things that the neighbors up above were looking down: the site problems, the lighting, the dust abatement. And John brought that up, and the uh, uh, the noise, backup alarms, and all these pits. Depending upon how big it was and how much use it was going to receive, and the uses on the smaller pit weren't near as big as the bigger ones. So, how if we were to redo some of the things that John did, and make them better for today, I think that it would look would uh, be easier to use. But a lot of the uh, graphics didn't have a badge plant in the bottom of it, and half of the trucks people way up on the top of the ridges were looking down and listening to the backup alarms. Separate issue.
0: What do you think of
11: That's what I was, was saying. I think it was good. It you was like, redone.
0: You'd like it, it worked on my way Tweet.
11: Tweet, <coughs> yes. Because it, Ro- it really helped.
2: Roberta. Well, uh, I can understand there was a political need for this document. I'm not sure that... It was really needed. I mean, I wasn't a part of these earlier meetings, but it, it, it strikes me that staff already evaluates all these environmental criteria, as you mentioned earlier. I mean, every staff report we've ever gotten will take into consideration all of these criteria, except maybe cumulative impacts. So, uh, you know, I think it might be a, a useful tool for staff to reference, but I don't know that it's necessarily needed as part of a official staff report Um, and the reason I think that is because I still think a lot of the criteria that's in here is artificially quantitative Uh, it makes people believe that there's some of these numbers are real uh, and and they're just subjective you know when I read things like um, sorry there's potential for some negative impacts to species diversity associated with those habitats, score of 40. There's a potential for negative impacts to species diversity associated, score of 60. I mean, that that's pretty subjective. Um, so, having said that, if staff wants to use it as a reference tool, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I just don't think it's a necessary part of any staff report, personally. I also... Uh, agree with uh, your comment that some of these criteria should be weighted more heavily than others if you were going to use the document. And then lastly, I completely agree there's no need for the monitoring because this this would be a tremendous amount of work. Uh, I'm not sure that it's worth your time. You've got a lot of things to worry about.
0: Which one did you rate? 60? What was the example?
2: Uh, It was one of the wildlife ones an example page 36 or 31 is another example of that it's just if somebody's being arbitrary and making a subjective decision it's not really a quantitative survey as to how many know, threatened or endangered species were actually impacted, actually impacted, you know what I mean? It's not a scientific document, and yet it could lead people to believe it is a scientific analysis.
6: Great. To me, I think that it is actually a little more objective than subjective with the words. I mean, when you're looking, reading through a lot of the packets and that kind of stuff, you have some quick reference points where it can kind of behold your eyes to be like, well, this is kind of where I'm thinking um, strongly about, you know, air quality or um, wildlife or something like that. And this score changes my demeanor just by a quick reference with that. All right, I'm gonna do more research and look at why that score is different than all the other ones. I think that there is way too much information on this, which is the reason why it's so hard to maintain. I don't think that as uh, staff reports have that, you know, we can have some subjectivity with some of these categories, other categories it'd be nice to score. And I don't think we need to have every single mind that we have, maybe the last that have been coming up or the ones that are uh, going to be coming up in that uh, near bubble of that same time would be a good enough reference. I don't think that we need every single one or anything. If I had one or two examples to compare it to that are similar or that have come up in those previous years, I think that would be good enough. Just to have this as a quick reference guide to then pinpoint what I need to more focus on is something that I think is more objective and not subjective with this um, packet that we get.
0: Thanks. Chad? Yes. Uh, Do you have ideas as to what you would tweak out of this entire 50-page document, I mean, and let's let me preface that. I, I think we all agree that an annual your staff time going through this exercise annually is not what we are recommending. So preface it with that. Okay.
8: So, in, in knowing that, that would eliminate the pit comparisons. So. Direction would be more just a tool to evaluate the application, the proposal, and that's all. You know, and and, sorry.
7: I think uh, Troy had a, a good point, which was you know, there's a need component to this, right? Do we need another gravel pit? What the useful life of others is, right? So, I think a quick analysis of the others based on need rather than a full blown. And you could also look at the, the original uh, matrix utilized for the ones that came before. It. Right? They already exist. I'm sure that would be there somewhere. Because what I'm well I feel like I'm not conveying you know,
8: what I'm one, trying to say. One of far. the to the first part of that. That you know, this does to help to answer that question as far as do we need it but if you look through the, the zoning regulations really the only time that comes up is criteria for a zone change that you need to prove in one of the criteria that your intended product you know is is needed in the county I forget the wording but it's somewhere along those lines and if that was a requirement in the regulations for gravel pits, you know, that maybe we wouldn't need some of that in this section because I think without that, you'd have a hard time saying no. There's already an umbrella I, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss in applying that to a master plan policy or a zoning regulation that says, hey, if we already got enough of that, we don't need any more. So that rezoning criteria doesn't exist. So maybe, you know, if, if that is an issue, You know that maybe some similar wording could be built into the um nine you know the the criteria for for mining operations for gravel pits
0: you know i i think related to a large bit those things will, will take years to even get in front of us probably by the time they work through the issues in in being able to build an application Uh, and i don't know if you envision that the traffic studies and and all that would take place after they came here or if that would be a component of deeming the application complete
8: well the the gravel permit process the mining process is a special use permit two-step so basically they have to come through planning commission and the board with their pre application, that their conceptual plan. And if they don't have it at that step, which is, you know, it's actually on the checklist for but that's at least their you know you know how we usually put that conceptual review is the master plan
7: filter. So you put the need component on that. You say, Hey, why don't you go out and figure out what permits are and the available whatever and then that's a component before they spend a boatload of money doing traffic analyses and everything else they come in here as part of the pre-application they have gone to planning commission and confirmed that there's this many metric tons or however it's measured a gravel yes there's a need
0: because this one expires at such and such a date my my recollection though that's not easy information to get
8: yeah because in
0: terms of what your reserves are I mean, there's there's some of the pits that we have or that have
8: been depleted in the last 10 years that have been 10, 15 years longer than their anticipated life, mainly because of the recession.
1: The rate of use, in the early 80s, things were
8: hobbit, and they were supposed to be depleted by 2010,
0: and we still got them. Well, so you got the rate of use. If it's not being used, then the resource still sits it. Is it proprietary information
7: like if you call up canal and say hey how much you got left is he going to say go jump in a lake
3: yeah because he's holding
7: the united <laughs> well I know,
3: but I know he's not here but he's the only one
8: that
7: i can think but that, that's that's usually part of the application mm-hmm. is the projected life <clears throat> right but if i if am an applicant and i want a new gravel pick can i call up M. Macarthur and say hey how much how much travel you got left or is that good luck <laughs>
8: It, yeah some of that information you could get through us with their you know their original anticipated reserves and I don't know that it's not every pit but a lot of the pits you got uh, tonnage reports
5: but like we're not in the business of saying it's a bad idea to do a gravel pit because we have a bunch you know like that, if that's their business plan to Open another pit, which could potentially drop prices, or you right. know, it's not our it's not our deal. Well, and I think it, that's the importance that's a
0: great of the discussion because now you're in the accumulating, and you get a room full of people, and you're putting two on the same county road.
5: You're gonna have. Oh, well, I, I, like I've seen several gravel pits, the Lafarge, um, the the Steamboat Sand and Gravel. I actually voted no against that one. I thought it was in a bad spot. What's I don't like the road being, alignment.
0: Your Your point was we're not we're not going to sit here and approve a permit or de- uh, deny a permit because there's five of them on the same county road
8: right cuz we, we don't have that criteria right now under accumulated that's the only way you could well well it, it's in the matrix so you might get a low score in the matrix but if we didn't use the matrix there's no other policy or regulation that says you guys can deny something because there are too many of them mm-hmm. it's a free market approach or whatever but Boom. It's not there.
7: Could under the master plan, right? This is the mm-hmm. cumulative impacts and intensity of use in an area. The intensity of use,
8: but that's back to that, is this land use appropriate on this site? I mean, and that's one of the items on that list, you know, going forward, the master plan amendment, are the cumulative impacts. And so so if there's a policy in the master plan, is is there is a stop there, or is there a zoning regulation that addresses cumulative impacts
0: also? But we don't have that right. So maybe that's your homework, is to come up with the cumulative impact that's, analysis yeah that goes in the regs I mean it goes in the, the mining gravel whatever regs. and
8: that's again that, that umbrella discussion is under the master plan update So yeah we'll, we'll be we'll right into that for soon
3: the gravel the projections can go either way sometimes these pits expire years earlier than they thought because the river didn't come around and lay out a bunch of rock that they want to crush. Um, there is, uh, I think, a lot of value to the strategic location of these, that they do be around the county so that, I mean, they'll haul gravel ways. you Remember that King King Mountain pit when it was open? They were hauling gravel over the top of the pass down towards McCoy on the state highway project. So you need, strategically, you need gravel pits around your county so you're not... Driving every 10 ton to 20 ton truck through town. Right. Yeah, and another thing, I probably should have
8: passed around earlier. I thought about putting it up on the screen. And the 1980 master plan had a map, and Greg's looking at it right now. And it shows where the, the gravel reserves are in the county. You know. And so if you look at that, when was that? 1980 master plan. 1980. And if you look, if you look at the map, I mean, that's not a big chunk of the county. I mean, so that's really the first problem that these guys have coming in is that you could only mine gravel where there is gravel.
2: It's alluvial.
8: Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's some terrace in alluvial. That so, King
5: Mountain Pit, did that go active? I thought they came in for a preliminary and then they disappeared after that. They, that was like my first year here. They have a
8: life abuse permit from the 70s and it's pretty close to depletion. You know, it was a poorly written application and permit you know but we've acknowledged that it it is life abuse Um, that King Mountain Gravel group bought it from the Hughes family Hughes family has since bought it back and I I would imagine it coming back in front of us again at some point in time but you know the the big issue that held the King Mountain group back is that if you take County Road 3 north it goes through a critical life habitat and if you take County Road 5 to the east there are those two bridges that need to be replaced mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the commissioner
0: said that's
8: on your dime." yeah yeah.
0: i would suggest in your update of the master plan that this map become much more legible than it is well that's we didn't update that in the 2003 and i i'm just saying when you do the update get a better <laughs> <masterpiece>. <laughs> no, there's
8: actually a color version that's <laughs>
0: like that
5: these are the considerations yeah, yeah. yeah. That Okay. yeah tough so could, could you say that this matrix would be the tool that could be utilized to evaluate cumulative impacts then like it would be specific just to but one, one criteria to
8: problem of maintenance hmm. we'll just get you more money Chad. Check. County commissioners you know?
0: well but think about wildlife. And somebody brought up corridors in the, in the prior uh, discussion. In that little snippet, you know, I think maybe a wildlife corridor could be a death knell to a gravel pit. Mm-hmm. If that's the only corridor from point A to point B, then some you know gets weighed heavier, or it's a basis for denial. Sure. But I, I, I mean, again, I don't want to do it annually. But as a as a resource, I think this thing brings up a lot of those questions. And whether it's staff uh, goes into the report, um, page five through eight are reference to the 2003 gravel matrix, and you don't have to score it. I'm not saying that the staff needs to score it, mm-hmm. but I can see, you know how we get our packets today and, and you have the master plan and then the sub-area plans and then the west of Steamboat plans and their sections. Mm-hmm. I could see if we were reviewing it, the gravel pit application, there's a section, uh, half, three-quarters full page, of how it relates to certain... Issues in contained in the bankers. criteria. Right. criteria thank you. Yeah,
8: I mean, because I back to that, your summary, I wonder if there was not all the pits, but if there was something <laughs> like this in your staff reports, you know, that, that put it all on one page. yep yeah. you know, what what we tried to say in text. Yes, applying the regulations and the policies, it's here in numbers. I, I could
0: see that big use. Well, and I think we're making progress because that I think would be helpful then for a planning commission. And then also, when a hundred people out there start raising all of these issues, you know, we can say it's in our packet, we looked at it, this is where we're at. Set it
7: out. But you may also consider um, maybe the, the zero to a hundred is fine, but making it more like. Like going to school where you get A, B, C, B, and then fail, and you know, if any one of them fails and you have a justification for that, it doesn't pass. Right? You could still have an eighty eight overall, but if this one section fails because of you know, wildlife migration or whatever, it just can't go there, even though overall it averaged an eighty
0: you know, eight. A thought. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Because I'll wrap this up if we're done, kind of kicking around. That's what I see. Is the next time, and maybe none of us even be here. But the next time there's a gravel pit, I can see that section being treated just like we do now in our packets, but with reference to the matrix. And then like you say it's all on one page. It's concise. I like that. I think that'd
2: be helpful. Troy, do you think? I agree. Okay. Do you think it would be just worthwhile just to have that top part where you've got the average, the best, and the worst of all the pits, as opposed to all the backup below it?
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't think we need the ones below it because they may not be current. I guess. As yeah. As it's it's a little
2: overwhelming, I think.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Chad. I think, though, the the average best worst gives you
10: a way to kind of look at an individual number and go, well, so what? Yeah, yeah, you're still comparing it against others. But
0: that's up to you. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's your job as being planning commissioner. Mm -hmm. You have to decide. In other words, the last line in the box is blank, and Peter gets to write in the score. Jeff writes in the score. Brian writes in the score.
8: I think this gives me something to go on. You know, um, I've got a half-hour time with the board each month, and I think a week after next. And, you know, so when they see the minutes, you know, probably have this, you know, similar discussion with them. You know, because Dougs used it. Doug was on board back like then. Yeah. obviously. So I can bring them up to speed, too, and share their thoughts, you know, with them. And uh, because I, it, it, it's hard – to read through this document and not see some value in it. So I just trying to focus on that.
0: Yeah, and, and, uh, I think that's what you're hearing, is that yeah. the superfluous or the, just the the, the, too, the too much, Leave it out. OK. But, but to put it more in a box and give us those bullet points on a page, and I, I think, believe me, I think it's helpful. And I've seen a hell of a lot of graphic bits goes through here. And none of them have been pretty. <laughs> So, anyway, it's just waiting for the next one. Next item on the agenda all right. is a discussion regarding the Division of Water Resources letter referencing well permits and subdivisions. Ten. Yeah. do you guys all get a chance to read through this? Yeah. Any questions? No, just kidding. That's yeah, right. I do. <laughs>
8: <laughs> That—that's what this is all about. You know, Alan. You know, was, was probably the, the main point of contact between um, the state and it was air light locally and you know we even had two people from the front range come up you know it that, that helped um, it helped us go through all this stuff you know it was kind of interesting when they first approached us because the the state had um basically you know looking at this map was talking about where some of these you know the, the elk and the major part of the Ampa basins were uh, deemed over in 2006 and uh, 2011 and when they basically talked about the difficulties in obtaining well permits my first thought was why didn't you tell us this in 2006 and 2011 and we still would send them referrals I mean, we don't do that many subdivisions but it was still interesting that when they when they approached us with this word and it wasn't even like, oh, we're going to start enforcing this now, but that might as well have been what they had to say, um, because you know, like I said, not only would would we get those difficulties reflected back to us through, you know, our referral process, is that some of these issues should have came out, you know, when somebody wanted a building permit and they applied, you know, to the state office, you know, in in one of these different categories, and maybe there was. Maybe they should have been denied, but they weren't. So there was a lot of head scratching on behalf of the county, you know, uh, environmental health planning commissioners. And so, you know, we we thought, you know, we need to clarify this stuff, you know, because the way that the state was trying to explain this to us, you know, and we deal with this kind of thing all the time, and we were confused. So we thought, we don't want to just tell somebody, call our money. you know, is there something that we can do to, you know, during that use companion phase when they both come in, you know, and, and go talk to the planners, that we can say, hey, you're in this area, it could be a problem, you definitely want to check in with them to see, you know, if you can get welcome in whatever the case is. So, um, anyways, I'll jump in. Alan, you know, he, he'd come up with this PowerPoint. He's at home tonight with me. Uh, I told them I'd take care of this. But um, you know, I try not to read all of this stuff. But, but since those two masons were deemed overappropriated, you know, and then this lack of you know, the approved water supply plans, you know, and then we'll get into that in a little bit. But that's mainly when some of these, you know, extreme like rolling and stagecoach that had their water system or supply plans have been not uh, by the state. And it always seemed like a no brainer to me, you know, that well, didn't Morrison Creek get their, you know, state get their proper approvals from the state for their water system? You know, didn't they have their rights locked down? And there wasn't a good answer to that when they got started. Yeah, and I'm not just saying well, you know, Morrison Creek, you know, but, it, and I think they're trying to clarify some of that stuff now. Um, so this is just a, do you guys have that color map the packet or? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, this is just a, you know a, a simplified version of that you know that focuses on you know some of the subdivisions in the, the subdivision list that you guys have in your packet too you know broken down into the Elk and the uh, Yampa basins obviously a lot of Stagecoach a lot of Steamboat Lake um, so just a little history about all this stuff obviously our subdivision regulations adopted in March of seventy two. Um, subdivisions that were created prior to the enactment of Citadel 35, later in 72, were not required to have an approved water supply plan. And that will come in later is, is we break down these different categories of subdivisions. <coughs> your, your grandfather did before June 1 of 72. Subdivision regulations require an applicant wanting to subdivide land and provide proof of dependable potable water supply that's what they need when they come to us but we still historically have sent um, referrals to the division which is the last one the ASF currently sends division referrals it it wasn't as consistent in the past as it is now so there might have been some examples in the 70s or 80s where the state did not get them but uh, you know the, the records are poor at best with the state and hours. Uh, and all right Um and, yeah if the water supply was not approved by the state um, it causes the division to reevaluate how they issue these permits uh, the current situation does not affect lots of credit prior to June 172 as I mentioned before and the state uses exempt parcels or exempt subdivisions it's not the same as we um, as we define it, it it's basically a, a grandfather status. Again, just a, a kind of a blow up of the map that we had up before. You know, it just shows some of those subdivisions that are listed later in packet up north in, in the uh, Upper Drainage Basin. Uh, getting into these categories yeah this is when they had originally the state had originally approached us about these problems you know my first thought was actually LPS well how does this impact it? it's how does this impact law consolidations because we don't do a whole lot of subdivisions now except for those two master plan is behind that regulations are behind them and, and for the most part you know that those aren't problems you know but getting them to to conclude that you know things were broken down into these different categories um, but the, there's the you know as a pre or post it's about 35 uh, in or out of the water service area um, those are two appropriation dates to the, the major ones for the Elgin Yampa basins um, and whether the subdivision has a division approved water supply plan and um, even when we were going through this process with the state it was a year and a half ago, two years ago, you know, we asked if we could get a list from the state on, hey, the County hasn't approved our supply plan. We still don't have that. So sometimes it's kind of difficult to get that kind of info out of the state, but we're still working on it. Um, if different categories help determine
0: if and what type of well permit allows. So. Chad. Sure. Yeah. The ones that would have an approved water supply plan, would you've got to be talking about Stagecoach and Steamboat Lake. Right. Okay. And that's why we asked for that. But, but that's the only areas of the county I think fit that. Yeah, well, because, because like,
8: uh, well, any, any place that's got a water system, so, you know, off find Mountain Ranch, Priest Creek, Price Creek? Okay. Uh, Dakota Mar- Maribu, uh, what's Dakota the one under, under Creek Ranch? Deerwood, Deerwood? Yeah. Yeah. So there, there are a couple. Of, uh, that's, that might be the... Uh, what about North Creek? One? Which one?
1: North Ralph, like the
8: Creek one. murphy Larson Murphy Yeah. But, so that's what I expect. I mean, out of those, looking forward to that list from the state saying, which one of those has actually been approved by the state? Um, they would assume that the water supply plan for subdivisions would be individual on lot wells and if a referral had been and sent would have approved the water supply plan for allowing on so the water wells. well you know but it's interesting That's too when it comes to stagecoach because none of those stagecoach lines were supposed to be on wells water and sewer pipes were supposed to be every one of those same thing with Steve So so it, it almost falls into more of the Criteria for your post-35, for your post-appropriation, uh, over-appropriation. Um, so, in those two instances, it wouldn't make it past zoning anyway, because it's still, the zoning is still in place, except for a community wealth that's part of the system. You can't have your own. But that argument of them meeting those, uh, those dates Cutoffs, I think, is what allows them through the five acre consolidation process to have an innovator. Well,
3: that's not part of
5: that system,
8: anyways. Throwing a lot of stuff at you guys, right, besides defining categories,
3: just a quick point of clarification yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but don't doesn't Steamboat Lake like they've got their little water district, but it really is just filing one and filing two, and every and, and not even all that. And then filing three and up are on their own. They're on wells, but the water district has no hold on those wells and those other filings. Whereas in anywhere in that Morrison Creek Water District, if you're up there not on the pipeline and you drill a well, that really is that water is controlled by Morrison Creek Water District. Yeah, right? it's in their name. You before yeah. you put it in, but it's the district. And that, well. that's a major difference between Stagecoach and. Right. steamboat lake and, and, and yeah. that all came out of and stagecoach is the only place in the
8: county that has what we call the vault agreement so you know the pipes like all the other steamboat like subdivisions except for one and two um, you know that they, they do not have the pipes the county commissioners got together with uh, the district and the property owners Association <coughs> said, okay, we, you know want to give you some option for development on these 2,000 lots out there and so the vault agreement was created. The county was involved with the creation of the agreement, over uh, we don't sign off on it it's between the district and the property owners. But what it does is allows the state church owners to drill uh, to install a, a a vault, a sewer vault. And you know you have to agree that when it gets eighty-five percent full or once a year, uh, they are only fifteen hundred gallons. So usually it's once a month or so depending on the size of your family. Anyways, then you got to pump that out. And one of the reasons why the county was was amenable to that is because of the sewer treatment facility and stagecoaching. You wouldn't have to truck it very far. So, okay, well, there's the sewer side of it. The water side of it is because of all those low and high medium or low and high intensity residential zone districts, um, you can only get a building permit if you've got pipes, if you're part of the central system. But then, So that was the way yeah it's it's the district well therefore it's part of the district and steamboat lake doesn't have that you know that there they do have a water treatment facility that was pretty much maxed out They made some improvements to maybe increase the capacity but not much and um, so they never got the vault agreements and so yeah wells aren't that big of an issue out there thanks Brian um, the categories, all right, you know, in a lot of these, you know, the, the categories are in the letter that you guys have, or, or the breakdown, they, they call them their cases. Um, but really, I think what makes these slides, you know, and some of these lists of subdivisions that are in your packets, and, and this is what staff had added to this, this wasn't part of the states, is that okay, if you are one of these subdivisions what does it mean so that's your determination so if you live in Dakota Ridge you need to get an exempt well permit or indoor use only so again that's that that's a good I mean coming to these conclusions and the state did have records of these subdivisions you know we actually went through and gave the state a list of every subdivision in the county and the recording dates associated with them and you know so we got these sorted by time and basin. You know to come up with these lists and uh, Ch- and so that's basically how we can use this thing moving forward because
10: we- Ch- Ch- say more about the indoor use only um, about every house i've ever seen the indoor plumbing is connected to an outdoor hose bib not there it's not allowed no xeriscaping
8: yep that's about it no it's, it's exactly what it says
7: you know,
10: I don't know if they're much in the way of exceptions. So does anybody, like, inspect to make sure you don't have an outdoor it, horse? It's built? up to the
8: state, but I've never heard of anybody getting busted because they've got a horse and they, and they throw the hose in a tank.
7: Jeff? What's the asterisk, um, Nordic? Nobody knows where it is. On the bottom, <laughs> lower right. Oh, Nordic Village. <laughs>
8: Where's that, that, that might be it. yeah nobody knows where it is
3: isn't that the one off the of 35 yes
8: yeah just,
0: yeah just yeah just yeah
8: yeah i don't know they should have put down the school put on the bucket.
0: you can drill all day long but you're not getting me <laughs> there's lots of practice to do that.
1: so
8: anyways the other slides are basically just reflecting these different cases again, what defines the case, uh, the determination, ter- what it means, and what climate subdivision in the county that, that it applies to. Well, no, there's an asterisk on some of those. Let's see, Val put that on here. Oh yeah, anything down, you can see only the Amber oh, are, oh that's,
6: no, that's a, that's acceptable. a, that's a bullet.
3: Yeah, 82, I think, if you go to that page with all the asterisks on it. Yeah, yeah, all, the, all right. that stuff doesn't have pipes, overland, south shore, south station. But it's in
2: the district.
3: Yeah, but it's in the district. In the district, yeah.
0: but no service. Yep. Right.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, High Cross does not have any pipes.
8: Yeah, no, that's... That, there's I mean, you may
3: be right, with Black, Black Horse does. I didn't I yeah, well, well, the Black Horse. Come on, Alan, let me out here. Wait
8: oh. a minute, go back. Yeah, I'm just looking to see if you have...
3: Which one? the stagecoach one that has all the that has
0: all the high cross doesn't south shore doesn't
3: yeah you're right
0: you're right Is that's not that. the the only the one and
3: parts of horseback
0: too, yeah let me, let me go backwards to the see. Too, huh? I think it's that in the provider area if you want to yeah no, sorry about that just looking at it, it looks like that they're by the area, but they're so, not served by pipes. Are you uh, Are you ready for questions? Yeah,
8: yeah. but just yeah. don't ask me what the
0: asterisk
7: is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're discussing this just to give us a heads up as to what the state might say in the event that somebody wants to consolidate a lot and they want a well. That, it's not like you guys are going out there and saying hey show us what you got going on in terms of water production on your site it's it's for future reference if somebody wants a well is that yeah because right? if, if
8: somebody comes in you know for even if it's a building permit or lock consolidation or you know whatever it is you know we would like to at least hand them this up front and say yeah red flag you know you need to go talk to talk to the state it's not, it's not a given that you're going to get a well
0: well, I think on the, on the bigger picture, it goes toward um, if somebody comes in with a, another deer Mountain in the States, black tail, all those MRE-type subdivisions, well, how does the state handle that? Like water? a vacant that, lot
7: that's going to be developed? they got a
0: 40, and they're going to turn it into eight five-acre parcels. Yeah and what I'm getting out of this is, is that they're gonna to have to have some sort of approved water system or else they will have to do augment assuming the county approves, which is a lot but the ability to get a well in on that five acre site would have to be, would be non-exempt and probably an augmentation plan.
8: Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's the way out. I mean, I don't think the state is saying that they're just not going to approve this. They're not going to improve the well without an augmentation plan.
0: It, it, now that, let's say that Kunz decides to come in and do 35 acres up there in Pleasant Valley. So, he's not coming in front of the county for anything but a road review, and he's got 10, 35-acre parcels. Those would be exempt, even though it's an over-appropriated drainage.
8: Right, because you get the one for 35. Um, and it, it and also,
0: and let me, while sure. it's in my head, yeah. it also applies to the secondary unit stuff, because you can only have one well on a parcel.
7: Which yeah. has to be sufficient to service both the master and the secondary. Whatever I don't your, think whatever your a, system is. On one lot? Yeah, if you get your, your SDU. Well let's say
0: that we're saying we've got a subdivided thirty five acre parcel and you want a primary and a secondary.
8: The the state sees secondary building units. According to what Aaron said when we were talking about this that's it's dwelling unit so you need two yes you ain't gonna
7: get it and you ain't gonna get it. You, may not get it
0: you ain't gonna get
7: it so when somebody's coming in they need to have something planned out that is sufficient to meet the needs for both a secondary should they want it even if they're not building it and the primary
0: if the state only lets it serve one primary resident it would
4: mean
1: our rigs are a secondary unit, but you would have to get approval through the Division of Water Resources to be able to build that secondary unit.
0: And supply it with water okay. from your existing well.
10: Right. But that's
1: that's I'm is. not sure they all allow that. Maybe not. And that's up to
10: them. Well, wasn't there a loophole that if you move your teenage kid from the house out to the secondary <laughs> dwelling that then you can serve the water because you haven't increased the number of people? Remembering something about that. (laughs) Hello, Peter. And and, you know, I don't know that I want to have all
8: the answers to this stuff because it's mainly the state's well permitting process. You know, but we at least want to be prepared for these red lines to let somebody know at the onset of, of development
2: or the idea for
8: development that, hey, you need to go get this stuff checked out. It's not
6: just through you,
8: Roberta. It's,
2: right. So, shouldn't this be included in the master plan update, even as an appendix, so that somebody? I'd say no. You'd say no because it's a state.
8: Yeah. If if somebody, you know, we've been trying to encourage people with a development and like to use idea to come in and talk to a planner, to use our land use companion sheet, to hopefully get plot out their roadmap, walk them through each step, and at that point it's just kind that. of mind-numbing on its own and just say you know what you're in this area don't take anything for granted go to the state and find out early because the limitations on water can really impact your project
0: other questions mr. Hoffman you got anything to speak about no I'm not doing. okay close public comment anything else for staff on water wells Thank you
9: all. Um,
0: Chad, administrator's report.
8: Yeah, I didn't bring my computer up here so I don't have my uh, calendar, but they're filled up. I mean, not filled up, but we do all of our normal meetings have attendance on them, you know, and they're online, so if you're interested in what they are, go check them out. But uh, yeah, probably through the end of the summer, we shouldn't be skipping any of our meetings. Um, there will be um, the, the training session with myself and the county attorney, or, or maybe the assistant county attorney. That will be um, the second meeting in June is when they'll be here. Eric's pretty busy, and they and have some conferences scheduled, so um, that's the soonest they can make it in.
7: What, training on what? Um uh, how you're
5: supposed to behave when yeah. you're in here. Yeah, when Sorry, Doug, like,
8: Esos, China, yeah. Eric and Linnea typically um, focus on ex parte communication and yeah. personal liability. And um, <clears throat> I will typically focus on Robert's rule of order and motion making, you know, and field any questions. If there's anything that you guys, any question that you guys would like answered at that training kind of session. You know, as far as process or meetings in general let I me mean, you know I didn't get answers for you right or if you want you know, Eric you know, he's pretty good on the fly too so if you want to present any questions you know, be, you know those of you that have been on a while have probably heard it many times I think he just he's come up with a few new things, but I think he's kind of followed the lead from John Merrill so yeah that one's been on a while not me mm-hmm. um, let's see the, um, recently at the board they did approve uh, the housekeeping changes that were recommended by the Planning Commission I know some you guys had some concerns about basically the the, the lumen requirements you know the, the brightness of, of lit signs and it, it, I'm glad you guys brought it up because it really did need to be looked at because it really talked about incandescent and um, fluorescent bulbs, you know, and and not just a, a lumen calculation, especially with you know the lighting advancements that we've had to with LEDs, you know, um, and so we didn't really find anything that would be light you know, because who knows if LED will be obsolete a couple years so I'd like to focus more on. How bright, it is instead of what the source is, so that was kind of what we've But everything else is approved by the board. Um, let's see, every couple years or as needed, I'll um, offer a tour of Stagecoach. And uh, you know, because we have a new county commissioner, obviously, I reached out to, to Beth Mountain to see if she would like to go. But for any of you new members. They really don't know much about Stagecoach. Take about four hours, you know, basically drive out there, show you some maps, stop, talk at the uh, at the water treatment facility, the wastewater treatment facility with the district manager, and then more or less go on a chill tour of Stagecoach pointing out some development and some key areas and you know some of the vacant land out there. Because yeah, looking at a map and a site plan is something that it, it's a big area and it's gotta I put it history of heartbreak <laughs> and disappointment uh, and i can summarize a lot of that stuff in uh, a couple of hours so um i'll be getting back there when that is you know that we actually have an application uh preliminary plan for the young's Creek preserve those of you that have been on a while you might remember the sketch plan for that but i think they put that on for about two years because of these state water issues actually that's how it came to our attention so they're working through some issues with the state but they're back um and we'll see how the timing works out but we might be able to fold the site visit into the tour or just do the tour but i'll get back to you on some dates. so just kind of planting that seed now that uh, it's springtime we time to go for a drive and see the coach and the last thing yesterday afternoon uh i sent a survey out to each of you john merrill said it back already kind of thank you but uh, and the Board of County Commissioners and it's basically just um, you know a, a staff support survey you know some questions about you know, master plan uh, quality of the presentations you know that kind of stuff so there's a like a one through ten grade on most of them and uh, you know that's important but the comments are really important as well you know so whether it's a ten or a two whatever you know if you can support that grade with the comments I would definitely appreciate that because I'm just looking for anything, you know, to improve the level of service that investigators get. That's all I
0: got. Thank you. Move to adjourn. So moved. Move. All right. Second. We're done. <coughs>